Welcome to the Biz Bros Podcast. My name is Kyle Nelson, and I have my co-host here, Eli Libby, and we have a very special uh, guest. Her name is Nelly Yusupova. We're very honored to have her here. Uh, Nelly is a CTO and a startup tech advisor. Uh, she's the founder of Tech Speak for Entrepreneurs, which is a two-day intensive workshop designed to teach non-technical entrepreneurs everything they need to know to communicate with, understand, and imagine uh, and manage their technology teams and projects. So Nelly's going to dive straight into this podcast, a little bit about her tech uh, background, and kind of go into some of the best qualities you need to make sure your tech CTO co-founder has. Early on, I got involved with an organization called Web Girls International, which was empowering women to embrace technology. This was in the early 90s, when it's hard to believe mm -hmm. that in 95, no one actually knew what this thing, the internet uh, was called, you know, and what it would, yeah. what, how it can impact lives. So I was really a part of that wave and uh, went to work for a big company, which was my dream. But going off from an entrepreneurial environment like Web Girls to mm -hmm. a big company was such a culture shock. I was not very happy there. <laughs> <laughs> I can imagine the difference. Yeah, I lasted about 11 months and jumped back on board, uh, on board of Web Girls when they offered me an opportunity to become a CTO and run the organization. Um, I think that very few people get that kind of an opportunity. I was young, uh, but I took on the challenge. Obviously, I didn't know as much as I do now. But I learned, um, I swam really hard, learned everything that I could. And over time, started managing teams and working um, uh, and consulting startups as well. And speaking and training and uh, essentially created TechSpeak after hearing thousands of stories, horror stories from entrepreneurs who were working with developers, uh, creating their ideas and getting ripped off in the process. Simply what I realized later, because they couldn't communicate properly, their yep. requirements and uh, what needed to be done. Yeah, that wow. really cool background, it, especially the, you know, your early time at Web Girls. I think that's awesome that you were able to kind of be one of the, the pioneers of, of the 90s with, with the internet and everyone learning how to code and stuff. Um, yeah, like like you were just saying, being ripped off with web developers, we definitely have our oh, very yeah. fair share of, yeah, of spending far. money and yeah, just not, not getting <laughs> not getting the vision that you wanted, um, which kind of leads us into kind of the main conversation yep. um, with you here is really you know finding the right CTO, the qualities that you look for in a CTO, um, you know when the right time it is to bring one up, uh, and and just kind of your thoughts on you know having the right uh, co-founder or uh, business partner as a CTO. Yeah. So, you know, just to kind of get started, what are some of the qualities that um, you think your CTO should have? I think a very important distinction between a de developer and a CTO is that a CTO understands a lot of different technologies and they need to actually understand what's happening on the horizon so that you can uh, figure out how to use and leverage new things that are coming on. And developers are mostly, they have their umbrella of expertise and they, they just mainly work with that. And once in a while, they'll have to learn new technologies, but pretty much they stay within that sphere. So one big distinction is that the CTO has to be more high level and have a high level yeah. understanding of all the pros and cons so that as you are considering different technologies and the tools to use in your startup or your business, then you can pick the right tool. Um, there are so many third-party tools that you can leverage. There's no code tools now on the horizon. Yep. There's so right. many different options that your CTO has to be able to help you determine what is the best technology for, 
for whatever it is that you're trying to accomplish at the moment. I love that. I love the distinction between a CTO and a developer. I think um, we talk about it a lot, but uh, as co-founders, but we do hear that, 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 that constant theme about looking at it from like a very high level versus this, you know, kind of a macro versus the micro. And I think you said it, I mean, absolutely perfect right there, um, that they should be looking at the landscape versus kind of these, uh, these individual one-offs. So I love that point. Yeah, they have to have the same quality. vision as, you know, the founders, or if they are a founder, kind of the vision yep. of moving the company and progressing it forward with growth. Um, I love that. Yeah. That's awesome. So, um, yeah, so keep, go, go, go ahead. Sorry. Uh, so the second quality is that they have to have a great network. And that's kind of an obvious thing in some mm. cases, like every, every um, senior person in your company should have a great network. CTOs, I think, uh, because they have a great network will give you a big advantage if they have a series of really great developers that they already have in their pocket. Uh, so that's a really important distinction in my mind. Um, they also have, a, have to have a product experience. So... Mm -hmm. Uh, you can't just be a generalist or know how to write code, but you actually have to understand what makes a good product good. What uh, type, how should a product be built and how do you approach customers? So it's more high level of understanding how to change lives with products and not just be focused on mm -hmm. the minutia of building it. Wow. That's yeah, they have, they have to be a part powerful. of the, you know, the culture building and moving that forward as well while they build a team of developers or other, you know, technical positions. Um, yeah. yeah, then speaking of that, they also have to have the communication because they're right. basically the bridging gap between the technical people and the business people. So they have to have the technical expertise, they have to have the business acumen, and they have to have the communication skills to be able to actually connect everybody together. So they have to be able to speak very technical things to their tech people. And at the same time, the same language in a non-technical way for the business people. So they're right. kind of the in-between. And it's a, it's a rare thing to have, but that's, mm -hmm. it's, it's an absolute must. The communication piece mm -hmm. is absolutely essential. Yeah, that's powerful. I, 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 think, of, uh, I think a lot of people think of a, a CTO as somebody that's very introverted. And somebody maybe that, uh, you know, might just be very techie and, and love the computer. I think looking at a, a high quality uh, CTO and some of the qualities you're talking about, I think that CTO should be very extroverted and they need to be able to communicate with the team. And like you said, bridge the gap, I think is, is perfect. It's a great little snippet. Yeah. So uh, having a CTO in the different steps um, of your, of your startup is, is, they wear different hats, right? Mm -hmm. So if you're kind of scrappy, you're just getting started, you're more bootstrapping, that CTO is going to wear a much different hat than let's say your second, third round investment. You've got some growth three to five years behind you. Um, what, it, what does the CTO look like from early stage to maybe, you know, at growth a few years down the road? Yeah, absolutely. This is such a, uh, an important distinction and everybody has to understand this in order to hire for the right type of CTO. Right. So initially when you're just starting out and people come up to me and they say, Nelly, I'm looking for a CTO or a technical co-founder. What they're really saying is I'm looking at coder who will work for equity, right? right? Because at <laughs> exactly. that, point, <laughs> at that point, the only thing they're doing is coding. So yep. um, there's very little management. Oftentimes they're the only person on the team. And so those skills of as your company grows and you bring on different people and management has to come into play, some people, you know, if you give somebody a title of CTO and they can't transition to from a coder to a manager, 
that becomes a big uh, contention point and conflict, right? Um, you have to get ready to have very difficult conversations, especially if this person is now your friend or mm -hmm. a close uh, partner sense. or whatever, right? You might have to let them go. I mean, just like CEOs get let go of the companies if they can't transition to the next stage, this is a big, big contention point as the company grows and very important distinction to understand. Yeah, it makes sense. I, I kind of think back to, you know, other startups that we've been part mm -hmm. of and, um, you know, with some of the co-founder, one of the co-founders was a CTO and he totally grew, like he, he helped grow the company. I mean, he oh, was, yeah. he was one of the main reasons why the company mm -hmm. went forward so well. He, from, it was just a team of two, three, four, and then a team of 15, um, he, he fought all the way. It was, yep. it was really interesting. It was, yeah. It's cool that you a bring good that up. Business acumen, like you said before, you had that and it helped grow the team in the company. So if yeah. you're, oh, go ahead. No, go, I, I, I was going to talk about titles for just a second. Right. Um, oftentimes, you know, in the early stages, you name somebody CTO when really they're just a coder and you give them the title because the title feels really good. Right. Yep. When I was given the opportunity to be CTO, I wasn't really qualified. I mean, I was I was really technically just a right. developer right at that mm -hmm. point. And then over time, I grew into my role. Yep. And so uh, being able to understand that that title early on is just a title mm -hmm. to maybe get somebody on board, but they must be able to bridge that gap. Otherwise, they're not going to be successful and your company is not going to be successful right. as a result. I think that's a super interesting point. I want to touch on it real quick before we jump into the next quality. Um, giving somebody early on that title so that they feel uh, you know, like they have a piece of the pie, but they might not have that uh, sense of uh, communication. They might really have mm -hmm. the techie standpoint. How would you go about um, basically not demoting them, but basically hiring an actual CTO with these different qualities that we've been talking about? Have you had to do that in the past or have you had any experience with that? And, and I guess how would it affect that person that came in at an early stage? And yeah, I actually the term did. CTO. <laughs> yeah, I worked with a startup who had the same exact problem and I had mm. to coach them through that. Um, yeah. One thing that you have to do is determine if the person who can't make the transition is actually interested in making the transition. Because if they're That's interested, you can actually teach them, right? Yep. The experience. But mm -hmm. there are times when People love to write code and writing code is magical. It's an art. And so going to management to some people is absolutely boring and they don't like it. And so if there's no interest, then you can't really even train them. Uh, there has to be some kind of a conversation. It's all about communication at that point to determine what does that person really want to mm -hmm. do? Uh, because you do have to demote the title. If you have to hire a replacement, yeah. they can no longer be CTO. It's kind of similar to what Gary Vee says, is understanding like where you fit in the company, if you are a number two, if you're number three, um, but just understanding that kind of from the, the human element. Do sense. you actually want to be in this role? If not, you're going to be a great kind of in the techie position that we're talking about right. versus hiring above them. So great point. So um, a, a, good, a good, I feel like leeway with this conversation is, um, for example, you know, we're co-founders, but we're traditionally just marketers. That's what we know. We know marketing really well. Mm -hmm. We're creatives. Um, we're really tapped into that artistic portion of our mind. Not coding is artistic too, but in terms of like the visual art arts and, um, you know, we didn't have right off the bat, 
a technical individual on our mm-hmm. team and we had to go find one. So what's your recommendations on people? Um, you know, how, how can, how can someone starting a business find a CTO? What are, what are like the good things you should be looking for in terms of like recommendations from others? Yeah, I, it's, it's funny, the finding of the CTO, I actually say that you can't find a CTO, you have to earn one. Because at, at least in this point, at this point in time, have finding a, a good a good technical person who is willing to take a risk on a startup yeah. is already working on their startup. And so your job is now to convince other great technical people who are Hello? Yeah, sorry. Um, okay, sorry, my computer just went link from where you are you're good. <laughs> okay um, so so your job is to be able to okay so where was i sorry about earning a cto and, and uh yeah you know, uh, okay let me just start over because i'm yeah, um i've lost my train of thought and no i was worries. what i was gonna say <laughs> <You're> good <laughs> so i'll just start over that segment no problem. um okay so I actually say that you can't find a CTO, you have to earn one because a good developer who is willing to take a risk on a startup mm-hmm. is most likely working on their own idea. Mm-hmm. So your job as a non-technical person is to now approach good technical people who are risk averse, right? Mm-hmm. The one thing to realize is that in our climate, technical people have no problems getting a job. In fact, they right. can shop around, right? And right. try to yep. pick the best opportunity. And at the same time, startups are very risky. They, I think the stats are two out of 10 startups fail, mm-hmm. right? So your job, uh, uh, from my perspective, is to figure out how to de-risk the opportunity for the technical person. And mm-hmm. the way that I recommend that you do that is invest some of your money to build your MVP. You have to know how to manage developers and the whole process. Otherwise you're going to spend too much money. But if you know what you're doing, you can actually spend just a few thousand dollars and you can outsource it as well. If you actually know and have a good process for managing developers and projects, you can build a very minimal product and start to gain traction for your company and get, you know, just showcase some of your skill set. So that when you find that person, you can have a very different conversation. The conversation shifts from, I need you to help me code this thing to here's an opportunity that you can be a part of. And that's a very different conversation to have. Right. Um, so that puts you in a position of power rather than need. Yeah. That's awesome. I feel like a lot of times, um, you know, in young startups or early, early on startups, you really are always like spraying and praying when it comes to like talking to people, you try to talk to as many people as possible and you look very needy, but I think that's a great point. Once you kind of flip it, you invest a little bit of your own money, get an MVP, and then you start saying, well, this is an opportunity for you rather than me trying to ask you saying it's my opportunity to have you. That's a really good point. Yeah, that's really good. I, I, yeah. In our early stage uh, startups that we've been a part of, it's very much we're we're pitching everybody. We felt like we're we're pitching not only people um, that are looking to invest, but you're pitching uh, you know potential right. CTOs or potential partners. So I like I like how you're you're talking about flipping that role. I think that was that's interesting. 
So to kind of find the CTO, you kind of need to start networking, whether it's online or it's in person. What are some good places uh, for people to start if they're looking for a good uh, tech uh, or CTO on their team? Yeah, that's a that's a very great question. Or obviously, you can go look at, on online job boards, but I think that that's going to be really ineffective. I think it's to find a CTO, when we talked about all these qualities that a CTO should have, it's a very rare type of person. And besides that, one quality that is absolutely essential is cultural fit, right? So they could have the greatest skills on the planet, but if they culturally don't align with you, with your company values, uh, you know, there is also a mismatch there. They will never be successful. So there's so many things that you have to look for in a CTO. Right. That's gonna. It's it's not uncommon for you for it to take six plus months for you to actually mm -hmm. find somebody. Which is why I say don't wait. Actually, build your MVP parallel to looking for somebody. That makes sense. Um, right, but because it will take a lot of time. And right. so, to me, the biggest the the best approach to do is to actually go into the community, uh, figure out what language you're gonna use, what programming language, and let's say it's uh, Node.js, mm -hmm. whatever it is. Right. So you go into community of developers that code in node.js and you become a part of the community mm -hmm. and yes it's going to feel weird because you're going to be the only non-techie <laughs> with a bunch of nerds right but you will put yourself in a position where you start to be amongst the people that could be potential um, if it's not a CTO, it could be an advisor. They could help right. you maybe find and interview CTOs. There's so many opportunities in actually being within the community of people that you're trying to uh, approach and, and find uh, people with. And it, it, maybe you meet somebody and it's not going to be them, but it's going to be their friend. Right. Um, so um, one other point I'll make when, it, when meeting developers is building relationships. So don't be the needy person saying like, I'm looking for somebody. Here's my card. Can, do you know anybody? Right, right? Yeah, yeah. It's, it's really important to not do that because that's very off-putting. Mm -hmm. When you are part of the community, your goal is to just listen, learn. You're going to learn a ton just by being involved, even though you're not technical. I mean, it's important to be tech savvy and understand some of the tech speak, right? Mm -hmm. um, so be a part of the community and through relationship building, eventually it's going to start to click. Eventually people will trust you enough to, yeah. you know, connect with you. Right. I suppose it's just uh, kind of that, you know, just building relationships, the traditional networking and just putting yourself out there. You know, what our advisor always says is you won't be seen if you don't show up. Yep. Right. And it's just starting yep. to mingle and talk to people and people, you know, they're magnets to each other. People will begin to feel each other out and, and kind of find who, you mm -hmm. know, who might be the right fit to have lunch with and see where that conversation goes. Yeah. In, uh, in, in today's environment with uh, the current state of, of COVID and the pandemic going on, what are some ways that you could recommend our audience to find that network and build that network mm -hmm. in kind of a remote environment like we're in right now without these networking kind of opportunities that we used to have? Yeah, that's a good point. Um, there's still events going on mm -hmm. virtually, right? Mm -hmm. So just seeking out, I mean, Google is your best friend, right? Oh, Google, yeah. whatever programming language community, there are Slack groups, there are meetup mm -hmm. groups on meetup.com. There's mm -hmm. so many different groups and communities that are out there that you just have to know what you're looking for and just start becoming a part of the community. Yeah. Absolutely.
Yeah, especially in the digital world, oh, you're yeah. looking for a CTO. Yeah. That's where they're going to be. <laughs> I yeah. mean, they're going to be online in those communities. So. And I think I think with COVID and be going remote, it's actually the opportunity to find someone good who aligns with you is not necessarily right, you know, within the 50 meter radius or a 50, uh, like really, really close to you is not, ne- right. is not necessarily an op- like an option now. And it's, it's, it's actually a good thing because now you can expand your reach and find people. I mean, they're amazing people. I outsource a lot mm-hmm. and there are so many amazing people all around the world. Uh, I work with Russian developers and a lot of them have PhDs, yeah, <laughs> you know, amazing. like they're super smart. They yeah. go to school all the time They're They actually know English. And so if you can find somebody who aligns with you on values, if you can figure out how to, how they communicate, if they know and have all the skill sets mm-hmm. that you are looking for, there's no reason why you can't I hire somebody from anywhere on the planet. Exactly. Right. Yeah. One of our number one focuses internally is communication. And I feel like even, you know, mm-hmm. goes out to externally too. If you can become a good communicator and understand and, and, you know, have your expectations, yeah. you know, kind of out there lined out and have everything, you know, set and ready to go to make sure you find that right person. I think that's really important. Absolutely. You got to put that energy out there and that mm-hmm. create the culture wherever, whether that is virtually um, or just in person. I love that. Yeah. So what are other, some other qualities yeah. um, that you feel that might be really good to have as a CTO while you're kind of looking for that specific person? What are some things that uh, you feel? I mean, is having a master's or a bachelor's in computer science a must to you? Or, or what are some, some solid things that you want to be looking for? Yeah. I think uh, management I actually don't care about degrees. Mm-hmm. Um, I think degrees are great, but I mean, honestly, from my personal experience, when I came out of school, I knew nothing, mm-hmm. right? Uh, especially way. in tech, um, technology changes so much and so quickly. It's the ability to learn. It's, a, it's the ability to evolve. It's the ability to communicate. Um, it's the ability to be a type of person that everybody mm-hmm. is drawn to. Right. Those are the types of qualities that I would look for in a leader, any leader, right? Uh, skill sets are great, but to me, they're secondary, especially in a leader and a manager, because they're, you know, you don't need to be a deep technical person in a specific technology to be able to manage people, mm-hmm. right? That's, that's a very that's different that's, yeah. quality because they're not actually going to be doing the day to day. They're going, their job is to build a team. Their job is to make them successful. Their job is to make sure that things get done on time and within a specific uh, time milestone, right? Um, so those, none of those are really connected to degrees or very specific skill sets. Super important. Management's huge. Management, yeah. I mean, in, in, you know, being able to, you know, manage a group of people mm-hmm. is important, you know, like, Herding, herding cats, you know, it's a hard thing to do, but yep. you know, once you figure it out, yep. you can, you know, you can kind of get anywhere. Exactly. It's back to that high level thing that we initially <laughs> talked about in that person, the quality of looking at it, kind of like a high level look. So, well, yeah. cool. So as we wrap this up, do you have any other uh, bonus maybe qualities or any other qualities that we missed? Uh, no, I think the bonus quality that I wanted to underline is the, um, is that cultural fit is the, what I call hiring for DNA. So it's That's a good way to put it. Yeah. It's, it's really important for you oh, to you number one, come up with your company DNA so that you mm-hmm. know what your company DNA is. Um, and then come up with 
each person might have their own set of DNA skills and there has to be a match between them. Right. And so anytime I hire any, whether it's a developer or a um, CTO or any type of person for any role, they have to match my company DNA because especially early on, the first mm -hmm. 10 people right. that you hire will be responsible for hiring the next 20, the next 30, mm. the next 100. And so if you want to really scale up with your people, it's really important to not compromise on the values because that's that's becoming the part of your culture, right? Right. So you're already establishing culture with the first person that you're hiring, the second person that you're hiring. And then if they're responsible, especially in senior roles, they're going to be responsible for bringing on the next generation of people. And so you're already setting the types of people that are right for your company. Right. Yeah, they're they're huge foundational huge. pieces uh, to the culture. Culture is everything to us. <laughs> like we like we hire for like you said, like that that DNA. I, I love that. That, that was a valley bump. That I was really that. good. That I was really awesome. enjoyed that. <laughs> um, but yeah, culture is everything. That's we talk about all the time, and and we we breathe it because at the at the end of the day, you want to make sure that the team that you built, everyone wants to be there. Everyone's excited mm -hmm. to be there. You know, it's a career, not just a job, and everyone enjoys working with everyone. You know, and yeah, and, and I, I think especially huge. when we're remote, and you don't actually get to spend so much time with people. Right right next to them, it's really important for them to stay connected to certain values. Yeah. And um, if you have a really good culture, it's much easier to lead and manage a team remotely. Absolutely. I, I do have one quick question to peel off of that. Uh, you mentioned it earlier, as a CTO, uh, having the tools um, and processes to manage a technical team and developers. In a remote state that we're in currently, what are some tools um, and maybe some advice in terms of processes that you can give maybe some CTOs that are listening uh, to help manage these teams remotely? Is there anything kind of that comes to mind? Sure. I actually teach a full process on, hmm. um, on my website, techspeak.co. Um, and there is a free um, course there that you can actually okay. go through and go into detail for each of the steps. The key is to actually have a, a process that creates transparency. Okay. So if you ever go into an, an agency, right? If mm -hmm. you have an idea and you go and hire an agency to do your project, they're going to do their best right. to not show what they're doing because the less transparency there is, the more they can charge you, right? Mm -hmm. So in any situation where there's no transparency in your process, People can hide behind that and mistakes can get unnoticed if they're there. And so whatever your process is, you have to make sure that there is transparency. Everybody knows what needs to be done, when it needs to be done, how it needs to be done, and, and who's responsible for what. Mm -hmm. um, so there's so much I can say about uh, creating know, process. Totally. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, I think that's a great segue and kind of kind of wrapping things up. Where where can people find that course, and where can people follow you and, and kind of get more value um, from the things that you say? Sure. Uh, so if, if you want to get access to that free course, it's techspeak.co forward slash process. Um, it'll take you directly to that landing page, and you can um, just enter your email, and it'll send you all the information. So it's a three part video series that will take you through. Okay. Um, 
my process specifically, and, and talking about process, right? Mm -hmm. There's so many different um, ways to approach process because just because you're able to ship a product doesn't mean that it's an efficient process, right? Mm -hmm. um, I teach lean and agile methodologies and I believe that's the best way to, um, to run a tech team or any team, right? Because it allows you to fail early, fail often, fail cheap, or as I say, learn early, learn often, learn cheap at every step of the process. And so, uh, you know, even if you have a technical team, it's really, really important to get 1% better with every single launch that you have. So what that means is that your process is constantly evolving and changing mm -hmm. and improving. I love it. I'm That's definitely down there, of course. Yeah. We'll, <laughs> and put we'll, that, definitely link we'll put that, that in, the, uh, in the show notes. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Nelly, for being on our podcast. Um, I think our listeners are going to have of value listening Absolutely. to you. We'll make sure to link everything and mm -hmm. uh, we appreciate your time. Yeah. Absolutely. Awesome. Well, thank you so thank much you everyone for joining us on the Biz Bros podcast. If you haven't yet, please follow us on Instagram at, at biz.bros and subscribe to our podcast on anywhere you can listen to a podcast. We'll Sounds see you in the next episode. See you next time.